Welcome into the 5 o'clock hour of this Thursday edition of News on the Hill. I'm Brighton McConnell, News Director for the radio station, subbing in for Andrew Stuckey as we broadcast from East Franklin Street in Chapel Hill on a lovely afternoon. We've got a full 5 o'clock hour coming up. Art Chansky's Sports Notebook before too long. Our 5 o'clock traffic and weather reports and quite a bit of music in this hour. Looking forward to that. Up first, though, quite a bit of local news to catch you up on. And we start with some crime updates shared this afternoon by the Orange County Sheriff's Office. Four suspects connected to two home break-ins this past winter in Chapel Hill have been identified and charged, according to investigators. A release from the Sheriff's Office today said they've obtained warrants against four men currently in custody in Baltimore County, Maryland, after working with several surrounding counties, agencies, and out-of-state law enforcement to identify those people. They are 23-year-old Luis Valenzuela, 22-year-old Jorge Vergara, 21-year-old Thomas Araya, and 20-year-old Gabriel Ponce. They face a mix of burglary, larceny, breaking and entering, and conspiracy charges related to the theft of jewelry, cash and clothing from homes on Whirlaway Lane. That is in the Triple Crown Farms subdivision, which is just outside of Chapel Hill. The sheriff's office said today in their release that the men face full extradition to Orange County to face those charges after the Maryland courts settle their criminal matters in that jurisdiction. No timeline on when that will happen, but updates on those home break-ins that sounded pretty dramatic from one in December and one in January in the last few months. We are into the final days of early voting across North Carolina, so a reminder that if you need to either register to vote, change your address, or if you simply want to vote at whichever site you prefer, you have through Saturday to get that done. Here in Orange County and over in Durham County, polling sites are open until 7.30 tonight, as well as 8 a.m. to 7.30 p.m on Friday and 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturday. The local races that we are facing on in this cycle, specifically in the primary, the Board of Orange County Commissioners District 2 Democratic primary, where three people are up for the one seat uh, with the chance to face a Republican challenger in the general election in November. We also have the nonpartisan Orange County Board of Education race. It's nonpartisan, meaning that their affiliations don't matter in this race, and it also means that the primary election on Tuesday will decide the three next people who will join the Orange County School Board of Education. So both of those pretty big races will be continuing to track them through primary election day. But a quick programming note for listeners out there who enjoy tuning in for our election coverage. We will not have any sort of special radio programming that night for election coverage and and the primaries. That's because we'll instead be carrying the UNC men's basketball game. That's right. Tuesday is senior night for the Tar Heels against Notre Dame. So that will take precedent on the Tar Heels Sports Network. We will, of course, have election coverage on chapelboro.com that you can follow along Tuesday night. And, of course, we'll have tons of updates Wednesday morning from the results, as well as, of course, leading up to it, uh, bunches of stories. If you want to get caught up on the candidates in those races I mentioned earlier locally, head to chapelboro.com slash election dash coverage. One thing that we will that we know will certainly play a role in the national races as the year goes on is the U.S. economy. And last Thursday, the Chamber for Greater Chapel Hill Carborough had their annual economic forecast event outlining informed predictions for how the economy is likely to play out in the coming year. The keynote speaker at that event was NC State economist Dr. Michael Walden. And afterward, he stopped by our studios to talk about those themes that he shared, specifically some good news locally on weekly earnings and 
and some insight on how the economy looks locally for 2024. Here are some of Dr. Michael Walden's comments. Weekly earnings, which have actually declined when you adjust for inflation over the last several years, actually they grew in the Chapel Hill-Durham metropolitan area, which is uh, very unusual and I think very much a sign of the vibrant economy here. Well, this region will be influenced by what happens nationally. Uh, nationally, what economists think will happen in 2024 is, number one, no recession. Uh, most economists expected a recession last year. We did not have that, which was good for economists to be wrong, including me. But no recession. But I, I, everything is going to be keyed off of when and how much will the Federal Reserve reduce interest rates. They're really in the driver's seat in terms of how fast the economy moves and, and what direction it moves. My particular forecast is that they are not going to lower interest rates in the first half of the year, which means that effectively loans will still be expensive. I think there may be some bumpiness the way I like to put it. I think there'll be some potholes in the economy in the first half of the year, but there won't be a, a crevice that's, uh, that you're going to send you off a cliff. So I don't think an official recession, but for some industries like commercial real estate, uh, where a lot of things have been happening, it may feel like a recession. Good news is in the second half, I think the Federal Reserve will be in interest rate cutting mode. I think they could cut interest rates several times, and I think that will boost the economy from any sort of shortfalls it might have had in the first half. Once again, that is NC State economist Dr. Michael Walden speaking there. If you want to hear that full conversation with him and Ian Scott from the Chamber for a Greater Chapel Hill Carborough following the Chamber's economic forecast event, head to our audio archives on chapelborough.com to take a listen. Some news today from the UNC System Board of Governors meeting that took place this morning. Dean Emeritus Mike Smith of UNC Chapel Hill was named a winner of the 2023 Governor James E. Holzhauser Jr. Award for Excellence in Public Service. Smith is working still as a professor at the university. He's been at UNC for 35 years, but what he largely earned that for and what people know him for is he helped build up the School of Government as its dean for several decades. Then he stepped away from the role not that long ago still working at the at the university though and the unc system decided to give him this award which honors faculty who exemplify a commitment to service and community engagement so congratulations again to unc's mike smith for that honor in local government news, the Hillsborough Board of Commissioners held a work session on Monday, one of our few elected bodies to meet this week. They received an update from town staff on the state of downtown parking during that session. After a recent meeting with business owners and increasing anecdotes about problems in the last couple of years, the staff are beginning the earliest stages of embarking on a parking study to get the fullest picture of what's available. We've known that the parking issue was kind of coming that's Shannon Campbell, the Town of Hillsborough's Planning and Economic Development Manager. We were planning to do a parking study in 2020, and then obviously COVID happened, so there wasn't a whole lot of activity in downtown in late 2020 to be able to do an effective parking study. But now that we're seeing a full recovery again, we're having some complaints about the lack of available parking and the turnover of the parking down there. Some of those complaints came from a recent check-in town staff held with downtown and West Hillsborough business owners in January. In addition to safety concerns, the group raised examples of not having enough parking for patrons in the public deck off Nash and Colic Street or along roads. A parking study could help Hillsborough identify the exact amount of parking spaces available, as well as just how much traffic uses public spaces in town at any given time and what strategies to use for peak parking hours or special events. 
Campbell said staff is preparing to search for a consultant to conduct the study and hopes to partner with groups like the Durham-Chapel Hill-Carborough Metropolitan Planning Organization to help secure funding for the project. Town Commissioner Matt Hughes told 97.9 The Hill that such a resource could be valuable for the local government as it makes decisions about the future for all Hillsborough. That's going to look at, you know, not just the availability of parking in downtown, but look at public and private lots and really take a, a comprehensive view that includes some business areas in the north side of town, in West Hillsboro, as well as downtown. So that should be a very helpful uh, document to really help us plan where we need to put parking, if we need additional parking, and how is it currently being used. Hughes pointed to one recent addition of public parking the town facilitated to both add more spots and to accommodate people who took the liberty of claiming space along the street. We have actually created additional spaces in downtown um, by really just using existing roadway that was very wide and people were already illegally parking um, along King Street in particular. So that goes all the way up to Hassel Street now where there is striped uh, parking and then you can also you know, park there and walk and enjoy the community. So we've gotten creative in, in that and DOT gave us the permission, which was even better. In the meantime, Campbell told the town board some short-term ways staff are hoping to ease downtown stakeholders' concerns. One way is that staff will suggest good practices to businesses having parking problems and see if those make a difference. A lot of that's educating the businesses. Like, if you want there to be parking for your your patrons, you and your employees can't park in all the prime parking and trying to get them to park their folks over in the deck versus on street. If you want to check out the full Hillsboro work session from Monday night and hear more of that parking report shared by town staff, be sure to head to our news coverage, our news article on that on chapelboro.com. We have the full video linked in our story. Next, we're going to have our traffic and weather together, but a quick traffic news note here. A road closure tied to the Estes Drive project in Chapel Hill was announced last night and is affecting people today. Cumberland Road at Estes is closed until Saturday, and the town said in its alert last night that the closure is connected to uh, the connection of new storm drains that are part of the project. Through traffic on Estes is remaining in its current pattern, so if you're using Estes Drive as normal, no changes there, and both both ends of Caswell are open for residents near Cumberland Road. Uh, so it is largely just fa- affecting folks who live in that area, uh, but part of an ongoing project that we know has affected several people in their drives in Chapel Hill. We are obviously well past the project's expected completion date that was set for this past winter, but town staff presently say it is on track to be finished in the early summer. Now time for a look at sports. We do not have too much Tar Heel uh, action today, only one team playing, and it is a pretty big game, the penultimate regular season matchup for the UNC women's basketball team. The Tar Heels are on the road facing Boston College. It is not expected to be too competitive, but when you're in the ACC, you never know what happens, and the Heels are trying to get back into the win column after dropping Sunday's contest against Virginia Tech. At this point of the year, they cannot afford to slip up any further because of ACC tournament and ACC standings implications. Every win is huge, and for Carolina, they sit tied for 7th in the ACC standings with Duke. They'll play the Blue Devils on Sunday in their last game of the year, so they'll have a chance to leapfrog them there if they take care of business tonight. And they also have an advantage over two of the four teams that are in a tie for third place in the ACC. They beat Notre Dame and Louisville in their only matchups earlier this year, so they'll have a chance to jump them and 
they play each other later this uh, week as well. Notre Dame and Louisville will play each other. So one of those teams should slide down at some point. Can the Tar Heels take advantage? Well, they have to take care of business tonight against a Boston College team that is 3-13 in conference play. We'll see what shakes down. We'll see if Courtney Banghart's team can get the job done. Coverage of the game starts at 6.30 tonight, so in just about an hour's time with Matt Krause on the call. And then tip-off is at 7 o'clock here on your flagship station for Tar Heel Sports. Now, while women's basketball is thinking about the ACC tournament next week, UNC track and field is thinking about the NCAA championships happening next week. Five Tar Heels were named yesterday to the 2024 D1 Indoor Track and Field Championships. Congratulations to distance runners Parker Wolf, Ethan Strand, and Alex Phillip. They will be competing individually in some races uh, in that championship. Wolf and Phillip uh, running in the 5,000 meters. Wolf also running in the 3,000 meters. And then Strand running in the mile competition. But then uh, Wolf and Strand also will be competing with the Tar Heels men's distance medley relay team. They'll team up with Andrew Rigner and Kyle Reinheimer, who are also invited to compete. So congratulations and best of luck to them. Remember, this has been a fantastic season for UNC men's track. They're coming off of winning the ACC championship over the weekend for the first time in 19- since 1996. And Parker Wolf himself has had a stellar individual year that includes breaking two school records. We'll see what he can do at the national level, maybe bring home some sort of hardware for the Tar Heels. The championship events next week will be held Thursday through Saturday in Boston, Massachusetts. Well, let's continue our look at some local news stories. Those who went to UNC football games this past fall were treated to a special performance at halftime. Yes, the marching Tar Heels bands did fantastic work, but alongside them, a baton twirler wowed the crowds with her choreography and stunts. The UNC Media Hub class had a chance to profile the graduate student and accomplished twirler who is helping bring the skill more attention in a state where it isn't common to see. Sophia Barsuto filed this report. Sporting events are home to all kinds of entertainment. The game itself, contests, music, and performances. Cheerleaders or dance teams come on to keep the hype going on during breaks. And they're not the only ones. She will like them Add baton twirling. Julia Archiola wows the crowd at Carolina basketball, football, and any other sporting game she can attend. In the Smith Center, you can catch her coming in for a timeout cleanly catching three batons before she throws them up again. Archiola has been twirling since she was five. What started as a way for her parents to entertain her led her to three titles at the U.S. National Championships. And she's represented Team USA five times at the World Championships. But her biggest goal was twirling in college. College twirling is almost a like a pinnacle in every little twirler's minds. Archiola is the featured twirler at UNC the last one having been in 2020. It's also a position that's not easily filled for two main reasons, performance and demand. Nobody auditioned that I felt was capable of performing at a high level all the time. That's Jeff Fuchs, UNC band director. Arqueola's addition to the band has been easy. She's so advanced that she doesn't require a coach. If Fuchs tells her that during a performance he wants her here, here, and here, she'll be there, all while choreographing her own routines. Also, there aren't a lot of people interested in the position. Lauren Noggle of the Flores Baton Club says that North Carolina isn't what you would call a twirling state, as some states in the Midwest are. I feel like it used to be maybe in like the 70s and 80s. If we were performing at a parade, I'll hear, oh, I used to take classes. 
Nagol is a former NC State twirler and the head of the Flourish Baton Club. She trains about 20 twirlers from across the state. Five, six, seven, eight. Flourish. Flora Squibb Elbow. brought her daughter from Fayetteville to train. Ryan started twirling when she was three, and it was something her mother and grandmother did in their youth. At eight years old, she loves it. My favorite thing about baton twirling is my mom used to take baton twirling when she was five years old. Palmer Politic loves practicing with her team. Her mother, Melissa Politic, grew up in Ohio, where everyone twirled as a child. It was something that you started in kindergarten. And everybody did it for a couple of years. Anyone you talk to will tell you they did it for at least a year or two. But now, she can't even secure official twirling shoes for Palmer. They're so scarce and are regularly sold out online. Despite the small community, twirlers form lasting bonds through shared love for the sport. And that helps grow the sport, especially in a non-twirling state. Arqueola is helping it grow too. People in the twirling world know her. We've started to get a lot more interest in really good twirlers. I'm Sofia Basurto reporting. Thanks again to Sophia for that story. Reminder that UNC Media Hub is a class taught at the UNC Husband School of Journalism and Media, and there is also a different print profile of Arkeola from another student from that class uh, that you can find by visiting chapelboro.com. Finally, uh, uh, happy birthday and congratulations to the local nonprofit Community Works. They've been around for quite a while, 72 years. They were founded on Leap Day February 29th in 1952. So congratulations to them for making that far, making it this far. Of course, they are known for being in charge of that well-known thrift shop over in Carborough. 536, time for some music here on 97.9 The Hill. It's Bastille and Surviving, where we've got that and some more tunes on the way. Thanks so much for tuning in to 97.9 The Hill.